one of the uh, one of the things that's been been on my spirit is that as we, the body of Christ, move forward, there are so many things that we just kind of take for granted. We just kind of take the words of God kind of in passing and we don't really give that much thought to us. But what God is saying is to really get back to the basic things uh, that he is talking about in his word. I mean, so many things we just kind of we know is the word of God and we just don't really don't kind of think about it. I and mean, I was speaking to my wife this morning and just little things like there's the scripture that says uh, that for they worship the the creation more than they worship the creator. And we don't stop and think about how that is playing out in our everyday lives. Even there's so many things talking about saving the planet and saving this and saving that. And and one of the states is banning uh, uh, furs all of a sudden. Uh, you know, don't kill this animal. Don't kill this animal. God told us to have dominion over the earth and so forth. No one's talking about abusing animals, but we focus so much on on, on, the, on, the, on the creation rather than the creator. And yet still everyone is claiming to be so Christian. But we forget about those basic and fundamental words. The same thing, the same way we forget so many of the scriptures that God talks about in terms of us having peace and us managing our thought processes that we really don't dig deeply into it. Now, a couple of sermons back or so, we talked about thoughts and negative thoughts and how to pull those thoughts down. And Holy Spirit laid on me to even take that and even dig it in, in deeper so that we can really think about these thoughts because there are thoughts that can actually steal our peace. Now, we talked about negative thoughts and how to replace them by thinking about the things of God and so forth, and we read those scriptures. But I want to take it a little bit deeper today in how we don't even realize that thoughts that we are entertaining, thoughts that are running through our heads, can actually steal our peace. So this is kind of an, a follow-up on that past sermon, but an extension of it. And as a reminder, what we discussed, you have the ability to determine what you will think. You have the ability to determine what you will think. At any given time, you can refocus your mind to think on a new topic instead of focusing on that negative thought that will wind up stealing your peace. Did you realize that thoughts can steal your peace? Do you even stop and think about that? That thoughts can actually steal your peace. You wonder why all of a sudden you're not feeling at ease or you're wondering why you're not feeling at peace and you never stop to think that, well, maybe it's the thoughts that's going through my head. You have the ability to actually say, I choose to trust God. You have the ability, ability to say, I choose to trust God. In any situation that you're facing or any thought that may come, come your way, and try it sometime. When that thought enters your mind, try saying, literally, out loud, I choose to trust God. I choose to trust God. Furthermore, any child of God who takes a willful stand against negative thought patterns that clearly are harmful is going to be provided a way of escape from that circumstance. So if you start confessing with your mouth, I choose to trust God, I choose to trust God, God is going to provide a way out to replace that thought. Let's go to a familiar scripture in 1 Corinthians. One Corinthians. One Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read quite a few familiar scriptures here today, but we want to look at them in a different light. One Corinthians 10. Verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 13. 
There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you, or who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Okay, will also make a way for you to escape that you may be able to bear it. If you get in the habit of actually saying out loud, I choose to trust God, he will help you to focus your mind on something other than your problem or bad thought pattern, if you will make the initial step in that direction, you see. So what God is saying to you is that when you're going down that path, if you call out to them, he's not going to take you any place or allow you to go any place beyond that which you can bear, that he will indeed provide a way out or provide another thought in this particular case, but you have to take the initial step. You've got to step in that direction of calling on God and say, I choose to trust God. When you guard your mind, you also guard your peace. When you offer prayers to God with faith and thanksgiving, no matter what trials you face, no matter what you're going through, he assures you that you will indeed have inner peace. And how do we know that? Let's go to Philippians. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, and starting with verse number 6. Philippians 4, 6, again, we've been here before. Verse number 6, be careful for nothing, or don't be thinking about, or worrying about, or meditating for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, the what? The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. If you haven't underlined that, please underline it. Think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Okay? So in verse number six, then where it's saying is where it's saying that be careful for nothing. Okay, careful is when you're dwelling on something. Okay? When you say, getting the point of saying that um, I don't care. It doesn't mean that you don't give it any consideration. What it means is that you're not caring for it. You're not dwelling on it. You're not running behind it, really thinking about this with all of your intensity and all of, and all of your might. Do not uh, I, do, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what happens when we get that negative thought? Okay, many times, so many times, and this is what Holy Spirit was, what was, what was really kind of driving home to me, is that we, we tend to forget what the Word of God is telling us. We will sit in church and we'll hear the Word of God, and we may read the Bible when you're at home and you'll run across these scriptures, and you'll think about what the Word of God is saying, but then when the actual time comes for you to do and exercise what the Word of God is saying, this is where we freeze and we choke and we forget what God is telling us to do. So we have to be mindful to guard your mind and to guard your peace, because if God is saying it to guard your peace and to guard your mind, that means that it can be stolen from you. It can be taken away. In other words, your thoughts can wind up taking you, taking you someplace else. When you focus your thinking on what's true, noble, virtuous, lovely, pure, and praiseworthy, as it says in verse number 8, you rely upon God with increasing faith and trust. 
You can never fully exhaust your ability to think about the goodness and greatness of God. So this is this is this is a major this is a major mind shift. Okay, this is a major requirement of your will. You've got this issue that's going on in your life and you've got this thought where you're sitting there. You may be working on your car. You may be doing dishes, doing something around the house. Then all of a sudden memory of this particular situation, this pending situation comes to mind. Okay, and all of a sudden it starts bringing you down. And then we forget what the Word of God actually says, what we should be thinking on. So what you do is you say right away, I trust, I, I choose to trust God. And you thinking, start thinking about the wonderful, the lovely things about God, you know. Start thinking about the cross. Start thinking about what Jesus did. Go back and think about some biblical story. Think about David and Goliath. Think on something that the Word of God has taught you and shown you at that very same time that you're thinking about this problem. You see, you see, and, and you will find that that problem will not be just looming there, chipping away at your peace, but you will wind up going to, to follow what God is putting in your heart to think about. Think about how God, how God recently blessed you. Think about how God blessed you with another issue that you were really, really struggling with. And then at the ninth, the eleventh hour, God came out of the blue and brought you out of that situation. Think on these things. When that current problem starts coming into mind, after you've already prayed about it now. You've prayed about it and you've given it to God, you see. See, but the devil has this weapon that he knows is very, very powerful with us human beings that even though you've prayed to God, he will get back to you and start whispering in your ear, you know, come Monday morning, that thing you're worrying about, this is what's going to happen. You know, you're going to go down like flames. You're going to go down the tubes like crazy, you see. You see, even though you've already prayed and you've given it to God, you see. And the thing about it is that in, in those nanoseconds that this thought is going on in your mind, you know, you've got these other little demonic spirits that are whispering things in your ear. Then all of a sudden your peace is gone. Your peace is gone, okay. You start feeling down. You start feeling tired. Maybe your stomach starts getting a little queasy and it starts manifesting itself in physical ways in your body. You see, simply because of the fact you've, you've forgotten what the word of God actually says to do. You see, and this is this is what Holy Spirit was driving home to me, that that we've got to get to the place that we actually start doing what the word of God says. This is not some philosophical, you know, educational thing that we're studying here. This is not a, a, a management one-on-one seminar here. We're talking about things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit, God's, God's kingdom, the things of the Spirit drives our physical existence, you see. And the more we forget about that, the more we wind up entertaining all sorts of anxieties and other things that's going on in our lives. Because we forget what the Word of God is saying, which is dealing with the Spirit. And dealing with those spiritual things of darkness that would be trying to bring us down and to make us feel, feel failure. Okay, so you have to remember that you can never really fully exhaust your ability to think about the goodness and greatness of God. But we've got to get in the habit of instead of thinking about who can I email on Monday, who can I call on Monday, you start focusing on God. What did God bring me through before? You know, you know, what did David say when they were challenging him about fighting Goliath? He said, I remember how God delivered me from the lion and the bear and so forth. Think about those times that God delivered you. You see, we all we, we so often forget, you see. And then next thing you know, your peace starts eroding. It starts chipping away. Choose to respond to life the way Jesus responded. Choose to respond to life the way the way Jesus responded. You know, think about how Jesus, you know, many times when he got got on that boat and went off to pray by himself, told his disciples, I'll meet you on the other side. He didn't say, maybe I'll meet you. They say, go, I'll meet you there. And he went off by himself to pray. 
Even though Jesus was God, he had to pray to God the Father. He had to be, he had to, to, to replenish his strength, so to speak. He needed to pray. So choose to respond to life the way Jesus responded. Guard your prayer life. You need to guard your prayer life. Your prayer life can be stolen. All right? Your prayer life can be stolen. How can anybody steal my prayer life? Oh, all of a sudden you decided, you're deciding I'm going to go spend some time with the Lord. I'm going to pray. The phone rings. Somebody's calling you on the phone. Oh, man, I've been trying to reach you. Oh, sister so-and-so and so-and-so and so And then, then you know, some family member. Oh, can you come over? I need a so-and-so and so-and-so. Or something else pops up that will prevent you from getting to spend precious time with God. That is your prayer time, your prayer life being stolen. So the word of God says, says to guard your prayer life jealously. Okay, if you have if you have a scheduled time to pray with God, that's fine. Stick to that schedule. But if you don't have a scheduled time and you feel that need for Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is tugging at you, you know, and, and many times, many times. And I tell you from experience, many times you start getting this feeling like you, you've heard me say this before. You just kind of feel out of sorts. You, there's, there's like like a blah kind of feeling. You don't know what it's what's going on. I mean, things that you may not have any existing problems at that particular time. Maybe life is good, as they say at that particular time. But all of a sudden, you just kind of feel out of, you feel out of sorts. You just, uh, that, is your, that is your time where you need to go to prayer. Guard that prayer time. Don't let that prayer time be stolen from you. Because I guarantee you that the devil is the one that's putting that feeling of, of, of anxiety or nervousness or uh, whatever you want to call it. He's the one that's putting that on you. So the minute you start thinking about prayer, do you think he wants you to go and pray? No way. He wants to keep you missing your peace. He wants to keep you anxious. He wants to keep you worried. So he's going to let, let your prayer time be stolen, or he will steal it, by, by, by getting another human being, to call, like I say, to call you or somebody come by the door or whatever it is. Something that will come up to interrupt that time. Guard your prayer life. Guard it. Guard your, guard your prayer life. Uh, uh, the, the prayer life can be stolen and other things that can occupy your time. Guard your thought life. Guard your thought life. Don't let just any thought pop in your mind. Okay? If a thought starts popping in your mind, and this is where you can tell whether it's from God or not. If a thought starts popping in your mind that all of a sudden has you feeling anxious or has you dwelling on something or has you worrying about something, you know that this is not God. Okay? God is not going to put a thought in your mind that's going to make you feel out of sorts or anxious or worried about something. So you need to guard that thought. And right away, right away, you negate that thought and you say out loud, I choose to trust God. In the name of Jesus, I choose to trust God. Boy, boy, I remember when the word of God talked about how he created the heavens and the earth. Boy, I bet that was a beautiful sight. I remember when God said this. I remember when God said, and you literally start thinking about some of the biblical accounts, things that happen. You start focusing on the things that are true and are just and are beautiful and are wholesome. Start thinking on that. And that thought will not occupy your mind much longer. It'll go. And you say that in the name of Jesus, I choose to trust God. So whatever that negative thought is, and we're going to get to a little bit again in, in, a, in a moment, but that, whatever that negative thought is, it's got a purpose. It's got a purpose, okay? And we, we get so in the, in the habit of entertaining negative thoughts that we don't give it much thought at all relative to the word of God. Where does God fit in this, you know? The thought, our thoughts are very, are very complex things in what they are designed to do. Our thoughts are designed by God to bring about certain results. Thoughts, thoughts implemented by the devil himself are also designed to bring about a certain result. But the thought pops in our mind so quickly and we dwell on it, we don't stop and think about what are the mechanics 
that's going on behind it. You get in the car in the morning, you put your key in the, in the ignition or you push your start button or whatever you have in your car there, and the car just starts up. You put it in reverse, you back out of your parking space, your driveway, you put it in drive and you go on. Do you sit there thinking about the mechanics behind what actually happened when I pushed the start button? Do you sit there thinking about how that internal combustion engine is really, really working? Okay? But we have these thoughts that pop in our mind and we don't even stop and think about the mechanics. Or, 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 or the genesis, the origin of that thought. We don't stop and think about the mechanics of what that thought is doing to us spiritually as well as physically, as well as physically. How you, how you, again, your stomach may start feeling upset. You, you may start just feeling jittery, nervous, and so on like that. And you don't, don't stop and think about what's the mechanics behind this. What's, what or who is the origin of that thought? So you need to guard your thought life and seek the Father and all that's godly. God's word promises that when you fill your mind with what is virtuous and praiseworthy, the God of peace will be with you, as we just saw there in verse number nine. Also, also, know that a lack of peace, a lack of peace, okay? Now, now, follow where we're going here. We're talking about the thoughts and how not managing those thoughts in line with God's word and what God, what God wants you to do, okay, can wind up stealing your peace, okay? Now, follow then what happens when your peace is being stolen. You see, now, all of this that I'm talking about takes place in your head, so to speak, probably in a couple of seconds. All of it takes place in your mind and in your spirit in a couple of seconds. But the long-term result of that, the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the year, okay, can, be, can, can bring a, a, a devastating effect on your life if you don't realize what is going on. If you don't realize how I need to manage these thoughts and what can happen. So we see here how the thoughts now can steal your, t- your peace. Now also we're going to look at here because once that peace is, getting, is, is stolen, that lack of peace can bring about anxiety. The lack of peace brings about anxiety. And anxiety is a problem that all of us will deal with from time to time. None of us is exempt from that. I don't care how long you've been in the Lord. I don't care what your role in God is, whether you're a pastor, whether you're an evangelist, whether you're an usher or, or whatever, whatever it is, or whether you're just a lay person, as it's called, where, you, where you, you know, you're just a Christian, you're following God. It's, it's anxiety is something that you're going to be faced with. Again, familiar scripture. Let's go to Matthew 6. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We spend so much time running around, running around, trying to uh, trying to be Christian, if that's the right term here. We run around and we forget what God is really, really saying to us and the deeper things that Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us. Because we all live, we're all human beings, we're still in these physical bodies we have not been called home to the Lord. We're still here, so therefore we are not exempt from the arrows, from the darts, the arrows of Satan, the arrows of darkness who would try to throw you off your game and just simply to steal your peace. But again, if you recognize here what is really at work here, and maybe this will help you. Again, if you understand how an internal combustion car works when the car breaks down, you have a little bit of a leg up on trying to figure out what the problem is and perhaps repairing it. So now that you're going to see and understand some of the deeper inner workings of your thought life, it'll, it may explain to you why you're feeling the way you're feeling and why maybe things are not materializing the way you want them to materialize. And maybe the way that reason that they're not materializing along with uh, your pace, so to speak, 
again, forgetting the deeper things of God, where God says that all things are in his time, all right? But here, looking at today, how to manage your thoughts so that you, you don't lose your peace and ultimately start losing, uh, getting you into anxiety. Okay, so Matthew 6, verse number 25. Again, we've been here many times. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, underline thought. I say if you take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather unto barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, underline thought, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? And why take you thought, underline thought, for raiment or clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cut down into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, underline thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall bring thought for, uh, um, shall, I'm sorry, the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So don't be worrying about tomorrow. There's enough going on today to be worrying about tomorrow. Let's take it just one step at a time. But basically it's saying that if God clothes the, the, the lilies of the field, the, the, the birds and so forth, you are so much more than that. Don't you think that God cares for you? You know, the Amplified Bible says, uh, therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious and worried about your life. Again, Amplified Bible. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious and worried about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, etc. What I want to focus on there is the word anxious. The Greek word for anxious in the scripture, it actually means distracted. Anxious means distracted. It's a word that refers to uncertainty. That's what anxiety produces in us, uncertainty. If you're feeling anxious about something, it's because you don't know the outcome. You don't know the outcome. So therefore, you're feeling uncertain. You don't know whether you're going to fail. You don't know whether you're going to succeed. You know, you know very rarely when you're anxious about something, do you think about your, your success. You're thinking about your failure. You think you're worried about how some, some outcome is going to come about that's going to be negative or bad for you. It gives us a feeling of, of what is next. That is the distraction. That's the distraction. When you start focusing on what's going to happen next or what could possibly could happen next, now you're being distracted away from the word of God. You're being distracted away from what the word of God says, the promises of God. You're being distracted away from truth. You see, you see, and, and these are the mechanics. Again, starting up the car, what's going on in the engine, what's going on in the engine. What's happening here is God, Holy Spirit, is taking you a level below, a, 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 taking you into a deep dive of what is going on in your mind and in your spirit, in your body, when you start having these thoughts. How those negative thoughts are tearing away at your peace, and then that peace is eroding you to the point where you wind up becoming anxious. And when you're getting anxious, you're actually you're being distracted. 
You're being distracted away from God. Okay. 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 How can you how can you focus on the things of God if you're if you're distracted, worrying about where this thing is going to go? It's going to be a bad thing. Oh, man, I can see it now. I'm going to fail. I'm going to be out in the street. They're going to take my car. They're going to take my house. I won't have any food. They're going to come. They're going to drag me down the river underneath the bridge. That's where I'm going to grow up. That's where I'm going to raise my kids. We'll be, we'll be bridge dwellers. Okay. <laughs> All of these distractions, God will take you away. I mean, these negative thoughts will take you away. You see, you see, you see so these are the underworkings, the things that's, the things that are under the hood, so to speak. It's a distraction. It's a feeling that the rug has been pulled out from underneath us and that we have no idea of where, go, where we're going to fall, how hard or in what direction or into what. The word anxious is also translated as worry in the Bible. For many people, worry has become a way of life. Many people, worry has become a way of life. If that describes you, I encourage you to read again the words of Jesus. His words are not a suggestion, they're a command. Okay, Jesus is saying, he's not saying, please, or maybe it's a good idea. He said, this is what you should do. This is what you, you, you should, you wind up doing. You know, worry has become a way of life for so many people, you know. And you don't know how many folks I've known over the years that they're in a constant state of worry. You know, they're negative Nancys, everything that you say, you know, you, 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 you say, oh, boy, it's got this nice, this, this brand, this, and that. Oh, but what if so-and-so? Oh, gee, oh, gee, oh, gee. If I was to have that, boy, it would probably break down on me. It would probably blow up. I mean, just everything, everything. Everything is worry, 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 worry. You see, and it can actually get to the point that when you have no worries, you start thinking, well, I'm missing something because all of a sudden I'm feeling free. There must be something I should be worrying about because I don't have the right to be feeling this free. Why am I happy? You know, and you have these thoughts and you don't you may maybe you don't articulate them and say them out loud. But these are the thoughts that wind up running through your mind again. Why am I feeling happy? You know, you know, and I know some people like that who would rather be in a worrisome state than would uh, than being happy. Okay, so it's translated as, as worry. And if that describes you, then again, you need to read the words of God. You need to read what Jesus is saying about this. You may say, I can't help feeling anxious. I've always been a worrier. I've heard that from many people, as I said before. Nothing about a circumstance or situation that order. There's nothing about a circumstance or a situation that automatically creates anxiety. Okay. There's nothing that automatically. Anxiety occurs because of the way we respond to a problem or a troubling situation. That's when anxiety occurs. Depends on how you respond to that particular situation that's going on. Your ability to choose is part of God's gift of free will to every single human being. You see? Now, this is where Holy Spirit was showing me that uh, um, the concept of choosing transcends what the Bible very basically talks about in terms of choice. Let's go to a couple of scriptures here. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy. The second law, as it's called. Deuteronomy 30. Praise the living God. We all know that God gave us the right to choose God or a life without God. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse number 19. Number, 30, verse 30, uh, number 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Underline that. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Okay? 
therefore choose life. Okay, now again, we all know that God, uh, God gave us the basic right to choose. God gave us freedom of will. We see here very, very plainly, God is saying to choose life. Okay, to choose life. You go to Joshua 24. Joshua 24. Joshua 24. Verse number 15. Joshua 24, verse number 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Underline choose. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land uh, you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Again, we see the word choose. So, again, we all know fully well, again, as we are agents of free choice, God gave us free will and so forth. And we can choose which way, which way we need to go in terms of serving God. But, however, did you ever, ever stop to think that freedom of choice also applies to your ability to choose anxiety or worry? Okay. God gave us freedom of choice to serve him. God gave us freedom of choice to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Did you ever stop to realize that that freedom of choice also goes to you, to whether you choose worry, anxiety, or peace? All right? You have the ability. God does not mandate for you to choose peace. God does not mandate for you to just choose and accept anxiety. It's your choice whether you accept anxiety or, 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 or worry or you choose to go after and follow what the word of God is saying. You can choose how you feel. You can choose what you think about and you can choose how you will respond to a circumstance. Something negative pops up in your life. You get a phone call, a piece of mail or, or someone tells you something. You can choose how you accept that situation. You can choose whether you say, I choose to trust God. And I know that God will deliver me through this situation. Or you can choose on the other hand and say, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do now? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Here I go. And I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. Here you go. You're getting distracted. All right. I don't know how things are going to, going to work here. How am I going to succeed? Here you are thinking about failing. You're distracted away from God. You're distracted away from praying. You're distracting away, distracted away from what the word of God says. You see, so now you're choosing which path you're going to take in, in, in terms of your response to the situation or the circumstances. It certainly is not God's purpose for you to feel anxious. He doesn't allow situations in your life so that you'll have anxiety. He does not allow situations in your life so that you have anxiety. The Father may allow a situation or a circumstance in your life in order to develop a stronger faith. Okay? God may allow a situation or a circumstance in your life, life that will uh, help you to develop stronger faith. Maybe God wants you to grow and to gain maturity in a certain area. So God may allow an anxious situation to come on. Okay, right? you know, and, and I, I can tell you that the times that I've, I've had anxious situations and, and things turned out working differently in a, in a very, very favorable way that I clearly heard Holy Spirit say, when are you going to learn to trust me? When are you still going to learn to trust me? How long have you known me, Michael? How long have you been walking with me? 
How many times have you seen me, me deliver you from the bear and from the lion? Okay, so God may allow an anxious situation or a, a, a worrisome situation to come into your life simply for you to mature, for you to grow in him. It's not that his will is for you to be anxious. Okay, God wants you to, to, to build strength and trust in him. All right. Okay. Sometimes God may allow an anxious situation to come into your life because he wants to change a bad habit that you have, a bad habit or, or, or a negative attitude. That you're that you've developed. So God will allow an anxious moment or, or circumstance to come upon you. But the bottom line is that God does not set you up for anxiety. OK, because at the same time that God is allowing this anxious thing to come out in your life to, to materialize, especially for a child of God, you've got Holy Spirit ministering to you. If you will listen, you got Holy Spirit ministering to you. What did you just hear in church last week? What did God the Father say to you a month ago? Do you remember what happened just three days ago? You see how God delivered you? You see how he may talk to you in first person? You see how I delivered you? Okay. God may allow an anxious situation because at the same time, Holy Spirit is going to be saying, there's a way out here. There's a way out. All you need to do, all you need to do, all you need to do. Okay. Not that God does not want the end result to your, for you to be anxious the rest of the day and the week and the month and the years ahead. Not at all. He's ministering to you because he wants to build, to build that maturity. He wants to build that strength. You know, you know, we all know that, that what is the iron is put through the fire to strengthen it. You know, there's an awesome show on TV. My wife and I love to watch and it's called Forged in Fire, you know. And it's a competition where these blacksmiths have, actually have to make these these weapons and things that the uh, that the judges tell them. This is what you have to make or so and so, so and so. And you watch the process, how they repeatedly take that iron, they repeatedly take it and they, they, they put it in the forge and they heat it and they hammer it and they bang it. They take it out and put it back into the forge to heat and they're working on it and shaping it. Well, this is what God is doing to us. OK. So God may allow an anxious situation there, but he's not doing it for the purposes of tearing you down or distracting you. He's doing it to strengthen you, you see. And, and experience, is, experience is one of the best teachers that we have in life, especially when it comes down to God. God is always at work to bring you to a place where you'll trust him more, obey him more, to fully receive more of his blessings. You can let yourself fall into a downward spiral or anxiety, or you can literally say, Father, I bring this to you. It's beyond my control. I feel helpless in this situation, but you have the power to change what I'm facing. You love me perfectly, and I'm trusting you to handle what concerns me, uh, serves me in the way that you see fit. I know whatever, whatever you've planned for me is for my good. I look forward to seeing the way you choose to express your love, your wisdom, and your power. There's a wonderful song there by... Um, is it Judy Jacobs, I believe it is, that says, what you going to do, Lord? It's called what you going to do. And she goes through singing, what you going to do today, Lord, miracle, sign or wonder, what you going to do? You see? So what you need to do is to look forward and how is God going to bring me out of this situation? You see? And it's not always easy to do. Sometimes you may feel like, oh, boy, this is kind of risky here. But you stop and you say, OK, Lord, I don't know where we're heading on this game, this game, but I know what you did before. So it's going to be fascinating to see how you bring me out of this one. OK, at the time that you're feeling this pressure, the time you're feeling anxious and you're worried about something, you may not feel like just sitting back saying, OK, God, I know what you did before. How are you going to do? OK, I'm just going to follow you. Wait and see how you're going to bring me out of this one. But that's the attitude that you must have. 
You must have an attitude that I know that God brought me through another situ- situation that was worrisome. I know, boy, I suffered through this one, and God brought me through it. may have been the 11th hour, but God brought me through it, that you think along those same way. Okay, I don't know where, where this is heading. I can't see, Lord, where this is heading, but I know what you did before, so Lord, what are you going to do today? Amen? What are you going to do tomorrow? Okay, you see, and then that gets rid that gets rid of that distraction, that anxiety that wants to bring you down to steal your peace, to make you worry about uh, where things are going to go. Well, you think that you're just going to totally, uh, totally fail. This is the way of peace. This is the road out of anxiety and worry. The interesting thing about anxiety and worry is that it is also it's driven by fear. You see, now you see the mechanics of what is working out here. All right. You have this negative thought that comes into mind, that negative thought when you dwell on it, all of a sudden it steals your peace. The lack of peace now gets you into a state of anxiety and that anxiety and whatnot now is building into a full blown fear. OK, so here you've gone from a thought and instead of squashing it by going to the word of God and taking it to God and confessing that I choose, I choose, I choose to trust God that now this thing has devolved into a point here now where you've got full blown fear. Okay, 2 Timothy, another familiar scripture here. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, 2 Timothy, chapter 1. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. Scripture we've said more times than we can think of here. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So you know that if that spirit of fear is coming upon you, and that's where the whole situation has now devolved to, you started out with this negative thought the devil put in your mind, you dwelled on it, Instead of running it to God, instead of running in prayer, that negative thought now is going down the spiral, the downward spiral, and now all of a sudden your peace is, is gone. Whereas maybe just five minutes ago, maybe five seconds ago, you were feeling joyful. You were thinking about, boy, oh boy, this afternoon we're going to go out, this and that. I'm going with my husband, I'm going with my wife, and going with my friends, my family, and we're going to do this wonderful thing. I'm looking forward to this good time. You've got your clothes all picked out, you're ready to go, and bang, all of a sudden this negative thought comes in. And in those couple of microseconds that's going on now in your mind now, you're entertaining that thought, and then all of a sudden your joy, looking forward to this afternoon, going with your family and friends, all of a sudden your peace is gone. Now you're feeling downtrodden, you're feeling dejected, you're feeling real negative. Okay, all of a sudden that, that's gone. Okay, so then, 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 then now, now, now that that peace is gone, you're going to be saying, oh, okay, uh, for instance, uh, yeah, yeah, well, let me see, we, we got to drive there. Boy, the, that, that drive is going around these windy roads and they live up in the hills and so forth like that. I'm going to, what, what if my car can't make it? You know, what if I hit a pebble and the car goes off the road? Then all of a sudden you've got this horrible thing now where you're speculating all this bad stuff that's going on. And now all of a sudden you're in fear. You see, this is this is the, the process that's going on in your mind. This is going to be happening in a space of, of minutes. Amen. So I see if so. So right away, the first thing you have to mention, uh, remember, is that, wait a minute, now, I've got this fear now all of a sudden. God didn't give me this spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Amen. I I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. I choose, I choose to trust God. 
I choose to trust God. And you get that thought out of your head right away. In the same manner, God does not want us governed by and driven by anxiety and worry. So that leaves the basic question then, how do we overcome fear? Many people think that the opposite, many people think the opposite of fear is hope, is courage or strength. The true opposite of fear is faith. Simple as that. It's all boiling back to the same thing as faith. Amen. Amen. The true opposite of fear is faith. And when fear causes paralysis, it not only quenches your peace, but it attacks the foundation of that peace, which is namely your faith. Okay. If you're in fear, then that is attacking your faith. Because if you've got faith, how can you be in fear? All right. All right. If you find yourself in a place in in a place of, of unconquerable fear where you are literally just bent out of shape, you're almost to the point of, you know, you're almost literally shaking, your stomach is in knots and you're worried and so forth and so forth like, like that, then that means that, that your, faith, your faith has either been totally corrupted or covered over, stolen, or something is going on there because this is not God's will for you, okay? Faith replaces fear. Faith drives out fear. Peace goes out the window when fear is present, okay? You stop and think about it. Think about when you've been fearful of a situation, you've been worried about a situation. Is peace there? <laughs> you know, you stop and you think about anything that happened in your life, any little thing that you were worried about, whether it was for a couple of minutes or whether it was for days or weeks on end. During that point in time, you stop and think about how did you feel? Were you at peace? You know, how well did you sleep? You can't say that you stayed awake. <laughs> I stayed awake all night. I got a half hour of sleep. Oh, but I had my peace. <laughs> Okay, I mean, it's contradictory. All right. So the minute that that fear sets in there, your faith is obviously you know, slackened here and your peace is gone. And where did it start from again? A thought, a thought. Okay. But you've got that choice. The same way God gave you a choice to choose Jesus, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or stay in the world. God gave you that choice. Same way God gave you the choice to choose life, God's kingdom, following him. God also gave you the choice to trust him and to have faith in him. God also gave you the choice on how you're going to deal with that thought. And not letting it devolve down to the point where now you're in full-blown terror or fear of what's going to happen to you. What's going to happen to my life? You know, you can also get that way relative to other people. You can get, you can get that way relative to thinking about your loved ones. Where things are going in their life. You can also get that way where having the thought and where you're, 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 you're thinking and you're dwelling on where are things going for them. And you got to wrestle that back in and bring it again to God and say, I choose to trust God. Even though you love that person and you wonder where their life, life is going and how things are going to be working for them. You have to get to the point saying, I choose to trust God. Because if you wind up dwelling on that, someone that you love, and they're not going in the direction that you're praying and hoping that they would go, then all of a sudden the devil puts that on you and gives that to you as a burden. Okay, then that burden winds up a thought in your mind that's nagging away, nagging away, nagging away, and then that devolves into stealing your pet, your peace, and then it devolves into giving you anxiety, and then next thing you know, you're in a full-blown, full-blown state of fear. Gee whiz, my loved one's going to hell. Well, the person has to choose. And you have to choose to let God deal with them, you see. But again, it's the thought process that I'm talking about. Many people think that that opposite is, 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 our, uh, is just hope and everything. But as I said, it's, uh, it's, it's faith. Much of fear is rooted in doubt that God will be present. 
Much of fear is rooted in the fact that, that uh, God, you think that God is not around. God is not thinking about helping you. God is, is, is going to bring you out of the situation. Okay? Many, a lot of that fear is rooted in the doubt and the, uh, uh, the capability of dealing with that crisis in hand, that God can't, can't capably deal with the crisis that you have. Faith says, yes, God is here. Yes, God will provide. Yes, God is capable of all things. Don't let that fear start making you doubt God's abilities. God is greater than all things. And when you stop and really, really realize that, yes, God is willing to spend time on my problem. Don't think that God is so big and so distant and, you know, you know, just a, a force floating around in the universe someplace that that he is not personally, personally interested in you. OK, a lot of the a, a lot of times, if you just stop and remember the fact that God is physically with you, spiritually there with you, that God knows at that moment exactly what's going on in your life, that God knows what your thought is, that then you won't feel so alone. And that will help to boot out that fear in your life, too. You know, a lot of fear comes about because you think that you're alone. You think you've got to to weather the storm all by yourself, but you don't have to. You don't have to. God does not want you uh, uh, wallowing in fear and being drawn down by fear. Much of fear is rooted in threats. Much of fear is rooted in threats. Sometimes those threats come in the form of threatening words, sometimes threatening behavior. Those threatening words, you know, doesn't have to be someone looking at you. I'm going to punch your lights out. Those threatening words can be a letter in the mail that all of a sudden we're going to foreclose on your house. That's a threat. We're going to repossess your car. That's a threat. Okay? Okay? A threat is anything that makes you feel unsafe or unstable. So it doesn't have to always be someone grabbing you in your collar and, and threatening to, to physically beat you up. Anything that is bringing, is, is bringing a, a, a instability or uncertainty into your life is a threat. So much of fear is based on that threat. All right. Okay. Okay. I mean, if someone is is if a big guy does grab you in a collar and is threatening to physically harm you, what are you what are you worrying about? You're worrying about being hurt. Amen. Amen. So it's a threat to you, you see. And that's how fear uh, grounds itself. It could be it could be some situation that is threatening your finances or your job. Faith says I will not be traumatized by threats. Faith says, I don't care what the mail says. I don't care what the phone call meant. I don't care what the person said. I don't care what the bank said or whatever. I will not be traumatized by threats because I choose to trust God. I choose to trust God. I will act wisely, not fearfully. I will believe God to prevent whatever the threat is, whatever that threat might be from wherever it is coming from. And if the threat does come to pass, I believe God will help me deal with whatever is thrown at me. Amen. Amen. If whatever it is that you're worrying about, if for some reason it does come to pass, God permits it to come to pass. You know that God is permitting it for a reason, but that God's going to bring you through it. Okay, God's goal ultimately is for you to succeed. God's goal is ultimately for you to succeed. So don't let that thought come in and bring you down that that spiraling path. That's going to, you know, going from uh, stealing your peace to, to just making you feel totally worried and, and anxious about the situation. And then all of a sudden being in full-blown fear. And you know the story of Saul. When, he, when God told him that he was uh, taking his anointing off of him and so forth, so forth in his blessing, he was going and anointed David. You know, Saul felt very, very threatened by David, <laughs> you know, to the point of throwing a javelin at him. Okay, and then David went and he felt threatened and David ran for the hills and so forth. But we all know where David wound up. He wound up becoming king. You see, you see, you see, so God has a purpose and a plan. 
So we don't let those thoughts of failure and distraction uh, uh, bring us down the tube so that we wind up losing faith in God. In today's world, many times we are faced with uncertainties and feel threatened, but those uncertainties don't have to stymie or cripple us. And you look around you and you see what's going on and gee whiz, you know, uh, you can wind up not wanting to get out of bed sometimes with what you read about in the news or hear about in the news. But you can't let that stifle you or cripple you. You know that God is indeed in charge. God's in charge. Those of us who press forward in God will find that the outcome is always victory. If you press forward in God, you find that the outcome is victory. So regardless of what may appear to you or what is going on in your, in your life, again, it's the thought that I choose to trust God. I will choose to trust God. Our challenge in times of threat is not to focus on, not to focus on what might become reality. Challenge is not to focus on what might become reality, but rather to focus on what we can count on being reality. Okay, and the reality is God's promises. It's God's, it's God's kingdom. It's God's world. Okay, what God says to you is going to happen in your life is far more real than anything that circumstances could possibly show to you. Amen. Because God is the one that's in charge. Many people are living under a dark cloud today of uncertainty or threat. Some are experiencing the threat of illness. Some are facing the perceived threats of lifestyle changes. Some are hearing threats related to their jobs. The answer to all these types of threats is faith in God and what we know to be true about God. So when you have that negative thought that's coming into your mind, don't dwell on that negative thought. Say, first of all, I choose to trust God. And then think about all of the wonderful things about God. Think about what God did to you, did for you, how God brought you through so many things. That's the answer to all to all any situation, negative uh, thoughts that come in your mind. Think about his love. Think about how he cares for you. Think about how God can literally carry you through anything. And I mean anything that's going on. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope that this message has been a blessing for you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.